Well, we've been doing a lot of singing. Our throat's about gone already from all the songs. And I love singing. I love songs. But it's not by the foolishness of singing that people are saved. It's through the foolishness of preaching. And so I hate to leave God's house without hearing from God's Word. And uh, we are back in our studies in the book of Romans. This is part number 25 of our studies uh, sermon series, Rooting Through Romans. And we're going to be looking at verses 24 through 27 this morning, Lord willing. We have them up here on our kiosk board. Uh, you can see on our screen up there. Um, but let's just read these verses uh, here in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 through 27. And here the Bible says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Thank you for our service thus far. Lord, I need you to keep me out of the way today. Let your word be revealed to us, God, through the Holy Spirit. God, we can't do that, but you can. And we're relying upon you today. Help us with it, Father. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we pick up here in the middle of Romans, the book of Romans, uh, in the middle of chapter 8, where we left off last time with Paul speaking about this future glory that we're waiting on. Uh, if you remember the previous verses, which actually is the lead into this, which is the context of our scripture, he's talking about how all creation... Uh, groans, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Uh, in fact, it says right there in, in verses 22 through 23, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. So Paul is talking about a time that we're all looking forward to. Uh, we are saved. That's what he's talking about. Those that are the first fruits of the Spirit. We have those first fruits of the Spirit. Uh, those are the first offerings. The first fruits of the first offerings of the first crop. So we have received those first fruits of the Spirit. We have those attributes which should be with, we, within us because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But yet we have not seen our salvation come to full fruition. Yes, we're fully saved, but we've not seen our redemption yet. Our redemption draweth nigh, the Bible says. And we're looking forward to that time and waiting. We know that God's adopted us as sons and daughters, as his children. We have become heirs, yea, joint heirs with Christ. So we fully belong to him. We're in his family, yet we have not seen the fullness of it come about yet. And so we're waiting on that. We're Meanwhile, groaning and waiting. And that groaning indicates a present condition that we're in because of the sufferings we have to go through here on this earth because of sin. Yes, we've been freed from the, from the bondage of sin, from the penalty of sin, but we have not been freed from having to put up with all the repercussions of sin. We'll continue to live on this sinful, wicked earth 
and deal with the problems that sin brings man, even those that are saved. Sin is still going to cause us to have disease and sickness and pain and death and all these things that we we despise, but yet we know that there's coming a day. We're looking forward to that, and we're waiting, we're groaning within ourselves, Paul said, waiting on that time, waiting for that adoption, waiting until we come to see our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and the redemption of our body. And I know there's a lot of people looking forward to that, that day when these old bodies that we complain about and they ache and pain and we're always constantly having to worry about things, our health, and uh, it gets tiresome. And I'm looking forward to that day when we don't have to worry about what we're going to eat and if that's healthy, if that's if they're saying now that's good for you or bad for you. We don't care. Everything's going to be good for us in heaven. But as we studied last time, Paul says not only is all of creation groaning and waiting for the return of the Lord and the revealing of the sons of God, which we came to the conclusion from reading the word of God, we are the sons of God. And it's the revealing that we will come along with him when he returns to this earth. But uh, what we're going to see now is what Paul is showing us because of this groaning, because of this waiting, because of this you know, needing to, to see our adoption, our adoption come to wit, as the words he uses, for, that's what he starts out verse 24 with, our opening text today, for, for all this, because of this, for we are saved by hope, he says, but hope that is, is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So Paul makes this very bold statement coming out of the, the gate right here, for we are saved by hope. We're saved by hope. If you if you see that, you, your mind starts thinking of things that you've read in the Bible about what we're saved by. I, I do. When I see that it says I'm saved by hope, I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. I don't think that's what it, it says. I think it says we're saved by, by grace through faith, I believe, in several places. And that's true. But we also see the Bible says we're saved by hope. And so how does that square up? with the rest of the scripture, according to our salvation. How, how do we all line this up? Can we go around and tell everybody, say, you know, if you want to get saved, you just need to have hope. Just say, say by hope. Well, that, that doesn't quite have the same meaning behind it, or the thought behind it, is what we would if we say, you need to have faith in God, and by His grace you can be saved. But how does it square up? Well, first remember what Paul said in Ephesians 2 and 8 through 9. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, those are some of the greatest verses that we'll read in all the Bible, and we cling to those. As Christians, that is our, our salvation. That's what we look to, and we tell people, say, listen, I know I'm saved by grace. Nothing I've done, nothing I can do. I can't do anything to save myself. It's only by His grace and by having faith in the shed blood of Jesus that we can be saved. And we know that. It's a fact. Paul says we're saved by grace through faith here. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, he says we're saved by hope. Well, which one is it? Well, look, if you want to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we see something else here that Paul says, I believe, to be Paul. Uh, we can say the Hebrew writer if you'd like. I, I like to say it's Paul writing this. I believe it is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right, now think about this a minute. 
That word substance right there means the essential part of what makes something up. If you say this is the substance of something, that's the main part of it. So Paul, what does he say here? The writer says, now faith is the substance. It's the main ingredient here of what? Of things hoped for. Now, remember what he said in Romans chapter 8? You're saved by hope. There in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 8, he said we're saved by through faith. Here in Hebrews 11 and 1, he says faith is a substance, the main ingredient of things that are hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now see, I believe where we start having problems is when we start thinking of the English usage of certain words like the word hope. You see, in our modern everyday English, we use the word hope in a very different way than the Bible uses it. Our way of thinking of hope is something that's it's not came to light yet. It's something that's a future event. It's not a, 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 an immediate event. It's something in the future that we're hoping happens. And see, you... Just from the way I said that, you know what I mean. It's almost wishing. But it's not guaranteed. We hope something happens, but we don't know if it will or not. That's how we use that word in our modern English language, such as, I hope I make an A on my history exam. But we may not. We may make an F. We don't know. You know? So it's something that's not happened yet, and we hope something happens, but it may or may not. So we can't think of hope, the Bible word hope, in the same way. It doesn't mean the same thing. In the Bible, the word hope has certainty to it. Hope is a, it's, there's no doubt involved about it. It's a fact. Uh, it's not something left up to chance or a gamble or it may or may not work out. It is a fact that is based in the future. Even though it's a future event, just like it said in Hebrews 11, 1, the evidence of things not seen. It's things that we've not seen, but we know it's true. And so my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It, not that I, I hope he saved me, or I, you know, I hope it happens. But no, all my hope, everything, my trust is entirely in the Lord Jesus and his saving grace. Without it, I, I'm lost. And so I have full confidence. There's no question. That, it's, that I'm saved uh, through the Lord Jesus. I didn't see Jesus die, but I believe it. I didn't have to see it because I believe it in faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I didn't see Jesus die on the cross, but the main ingredient of my faith is what I'm hoping for, is what the Bible tells me, the Word of God tells me, is the truth. And so I, I base everything on that. Now, we put faith and hope together and we get what Paul says back in Romans chapter 5. We studied this several weeks ago. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. He said, therefore, being justified by faith. Remember what justified means. It means you've been, you've been made able to stand before God uh, innocent, not guilty. In other words, when you get saved, you get justified, immediately justified. Therefore, being justified, and he says, by faith, what's faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then he says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that because that we've been justified, we're no longer an enemy of God, so we have peace with him. We're not at war with him. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in what? Hope of the glory of God. 
You see that? So the word hope in the Bible here in our New Testament, it's, it, it's essentially faith and hope are two sides of the same coin. They have the same thought behind them, the same meaning. It's a future event that has not been seen yet, but it, we already believe it, and, and it's just the truth that's out there. And so faith and hope are two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. And so now go back to Romans chapter 8 in our text from this morning. He goes on right there in the next part of verse 24. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? Well, that makes perfect sense. Uh, all along, you remember what the word hope is a future event that's guaranteed. No doubt about it. Not the way our hope means. Of We don't know. But because we know for sure, without a doubt, he says, but hope like that, that it's seen, is not hope. So if, if we were already in heaven, standing before the throne of God, and living in the splendor and glory of the Lord Jesus, then we wouldn't have to have hope, because it's already, it's already been seen. It's been realized. And so if we've seen it, then we don't hope for it anymore. You understand? And so this makes perfect sense to me. If you're expecting something to come and it comes and you no longer hope it is coming because it's in your current possession. So the hope that we have in Christ, the hope that's in our future glory and the redemption of our bodies, of our souls, of our spirit, all of this, uh, then it's our future hope that we're looking forward to. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. My hope is built there on these things that the Bible tells us one day we'll see. He said, right now it says we ain't seen it. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. I've not heard the things of heaven. Sure, I've heard some beautiful music. I've heard, you know, the, the, the peace of the wind and the trees and things like that that God gives us. But we've not heard the glories and splendor of heaven. We don't know what that's going to be like. When we stand before him on the throne and we sing that new song he says he's going to give us. And what a, what a joy that's going to be. And so we've not heard the things of heaven. Our eyes have not seen it. Paul got to see the third heaven. He, he wasn't uh, even able to speak of it. He was forbidden to speak of the things he saw there. Uh, it's, just too, it's too much for the average person here on earth in our sinful bodies to understand. I believe that's why God gave Paul that thorn in the flesh. And so the world, of course, has hope in man's ways. The world has hope in our government. That's the last place you need to have your hope. There's no hope in the government. There's no hope in a man. There's no hope in a president, in, a, in a, uh, 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 the leaders of our state, our governors and mayors and all. There's no hope in any of that because there's no truth there. Uh, but the world has that kind of hope. And it's all temporary, temporal is today's hope here in this world. A lot of false religions, they have hope in a lot of things that are not true. And so they'll make promises of, of healing and prosperity and, and health and, and uh, wealth, all these things. Uh, what they say, name it and claim it. Where's the hope in that? Because the things that you've seen, why you don't have hope in anymore. But you're not going to see these things. But these false religions, they promise immediate hope of of healing and, and prosperity and, and everything like that. 
So what they do is they make merchandise out of those that came to listen. The, those that come to listen believe that they're hearing from the Word of God, but they're not. They're hearing from the Word of a man who is making merchandise of them. The Bible speaks of this. Second Peter chapter 2, <clears throat> verses 1 through 3, speaks about these types of people, these prosperity pastors or preachers or evangelists, televangelists. You see them all over the, the, the TV. Uh, those uh, phonies that get up there with their big smiles, their $3,000 suits, and fly their jet airplanes and claim that there's demons on, on board of a, of a public jet. They can't ride that. They've got to have a private one because there's too many demons on a, uh, an average jet. You've got these kind of guys up there that that's say they're speaking for God, but they are not. They're speaking for themselves and Satan. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that, that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Peter gives us a clear description of these kinds of people. This promising health, wealth, and prosperity if you just give money to our ministry. You know, watch our program, our broadcast, and build it as the biggest in the world, and you're going to prosper. And just trust in Jesus. And they, they claim that those, two, those things go together, and they do not. We are never promised immediate prosperity, never promised wealth or health or anything because we're saved. We're never promised that in the here and now. We are promised that in the hereafter, but not in the here and now. Benny Hinn can hit you with his white coat all day long, and it will not do you any good. There's no hope in Benny's coat. I'll just tell you that this morning. No hope in Benny's coat. So our hope is eternal hope. We have faith in the blessed hope the Bible talks about that is promised to us in God's Word. If you hear it from any other source, don't believe it. Even if an angel comes and tells you another gospel, Paul tells us that even an angel from heaven comes and gives you a different gospel. Don't you believe it? So it's not man's Word that we can have hope in, but it's in God's Word. The Word of God does promise us healing. But it will be after we leave this rotten, sin-filled, sick, earth that we live on will receive a new glorified body the bible tells us will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and we'll take off this old tent that this tabernacle that decays and falls apart and we'll put on a new one and the word of god promises a place of, of beauty and wealth and and all these things and treasures but not on earth we're never promised it on earth Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He didn't say, I'm going to go out here on earth and build you a, a mansion and you can move in after you get saved. Nowhere in the Bible. So we're never promised any kind of treasures or anything earthly. The Word of God promises us eternal life, everlasting life, through salvation. But 
not in this body on this earth. It doesn't happen that way. We're promised a place where there's no death, dying, rot, decay, mold, uh, rust. There's no moths. <laughs> Uh, the Bible tells us this. There'll be no cancer. There'll be no heart problems. There'll be no liver problems, no diabetes, no dialysis, no blood pressure. All these, the curse of sin has been lifted off man and the earth once the Lord comes and he puts everything to right. But we're not promised that in the here and now. It's in the hereafter. So the true Christian does not place his or her hope on today. We don't have hope in man. We don't have hope in the government. We don't have hope in the public school system. We don't have hope in anything here in this temporal place. But we do have hope in the sweet by and by. In the what's to come. Alright, now go back to Romans 8.25. Paul writes, But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. <laughs> All right, so the hope that we have yet to see, which is a factual thing, we're patiently waiting for it to come to light, for it to happen. We know it's going to happen, and so we're patiently waiting. That word patience now is a two-edged sword. We all want patience, but none of us want to go through what it takes to have that patience. I don't want to go through the trials and testing in order to have that patience, but yet that's what it requires. Uh, we are a very impatient society. And it's worse today than it's ever been. Because of the modern conveniences, because of all the inventions we have today, we think we have to have everything immediately right now. And it's, it's got into our minds that way. We're no longer patient. We're impatient. And I'll just tell you today, I'm an impatient person. The world is rushed and we expect things to, immediately. Um, Amazon is building a big, large distribution center 12 miles from our house. It's supposed to be done like in a year. Now, from what I understand, excuse me, from what I understand, once that dis distribution center is completed and they start stocking there, we can get the deli deliveries the same day that we order something. So we can go online. If you want something, you order it, and they'll bring it to your door before the day's over. Because we, we're only going to be 12 miles from the distribution center. That's what I understand. And I'm looking forward to that because two days is way too long to wait on a package. <laughs> Do you remember back a long time ago, in the 70s and 80s even, and, and even in the 90s, when you ordered something in a catalog or, or anything, you waited forever. You forgot about it. I mean, you ordered it, you placed your order, and then you never thought about it again. And then six months later... It appears at the door, and you're like, what in the world is this? Oh, that's that thing I ordered. <laughs> that's the way it used to work. But now, if it don't come in a day or two, and we don't have an update about it, I mean, we get beside ourselves. This happened this past week. My wife's going to get mad because I'm going to tell this, but we bought a recliner online from a place. And we were, we were sent the thing saying it had shipped, and it was going to be shipping through UPS. And we thought, well, that's crazy already because why do you want to ship a big recliner through UPS? But that's what they did. And so we're sent a tracking number. And I have the UPS mobile app on my phone. I've got the, the, the website I can use you know, online. They send me texts. I, I sign up for text and emails and, and all these notifications. And so they, they ship it out. And the next day, it's in Knoxville. 
I watched it travel from New Jersey down to Knoxville. And I was like, wow, we're going to get that tomorrow. You know, within two days, we're going to have a recliner that we just ordered. And I thought, wow, it's amazing. And so UPS sends out the tracking uh, information, says you're, you're, uh, you're going to be delivered tomorrow. And they gave us a time frame. I don't remember what it was, 3 to 6 or something like that. And I was like, boy, that's great. I'll be looking for that to come. And so I kept watching the mobile app. And they've got a new thing on there, follow my order. And you can click on it and watch the truck go all around the neighborhood where the UPS delivery is being made, all everywhere. And it tells you it's getting close. And then when he's in your neighborhood, they'll say, it's, he's, uh, we're on your road or we're in your neighborhood. And we're almost there. And I watched that thing, tracked that. And I was so excited, and I had the, the window open waiting for the guy to come in case he needed help unloading and all this stuff. And I kept watching that app and looking at it and refreshing it. The next thing I know, this guy turned around and headed all the way back to the distribution center off Callahan Road. And I said, what in the world? It, say, it plainly said right there, they're, they're almost there. And he didn't come. That guy left our recliner on the truck and took it back to the distribution. I was, oh, I was livid. I was upset. And so I finally got over it that day. Next day, I get up. I've got an email. We're going to deliver your, you know, your, your package today. I was like, all right, we'll get it today. It's only been three days. It'd be fine. I know it said we was going to get it yesterday. So I'm waiting, and I'm looking at the app and watching that truck again and watching it and everything. And it comes down to that time again. And then they send an email saying, we were unable to deliver your package. And I, boy, you talk about somebody upset. I was like, they didn't even come in our neighborhood. They never come on my road. They didn't try to deliver anything. They're lying. Boy, I was looking for customer service things. I was going to, you know, really rip this guy. And we were, we were supposed to go somewhere and we'd waited on this for a long time. And, you know, and the guy turned around, took it all the way back to Callahan Road again. I, I'm just going to tell you, I was really, really upset. And we, we had a little thing, a get-together we were having with family. Uh, members had come in from out of town. And I was just awful at that at that get-together. I didn't talk to nobody. I was so mad and upset. I, I just couldn't stand it. Well, I got over it. And the next day, I said, you know what? I don't care if they bring that thing or not. I'll just soon get on there and cancel that than to have to go through this again. So I forgot about it. Well, the guy shows up in the middle of the day, brings it, and drops it out on the ground there in front of the house. I wasn't even excited at that point. I didn't even care. There it sat, and my hope was not in that recliner. I'll just tell you that right now. It didn't matter to me. It was hot. I had to bring the thing in. It was heavy. And then I had to put it together. I've sat in it like three or four times uh, since we've had it. But four days, you know, all this anger because I wanted it immediately. I was impatient. And listen, after all this, what I'm trying to say is we get so tied down and wrapped up in the things here on earth that are so temporal that doesn't matter. They don't amount to a hill of beans. And yet that's what our life revolves around. We need to get our focus off of all this stuff that don't matter. That recliner is not going anywhere with me. I, it, it'll probably break down one day and we'll throw it away. If I live, if that thing outlives me, it won't be buried with me and it won't be going to heaven with me. And so all this is for nothing. This life is going to be over one day and none of these things down here is going to matter. 
It's already August 1st. Today's August 1st. In two days, I'm going to turn 55 years old. In my mind, I'm still 25. In my body, I feel like I'm 105. <laughs> but here it is. You know, it's only, what, 145 days till Christmas. It seems like Christmas was just a few weeks ago. There is absolutely no reason for us to put any hope on this earth because one day all of this is going to be gone. Our hope should lie before us in heaven. That's where all of our hope should lie. And we patiently, we need to patiently wait on it. Sometimes it gets hard because of the way we are. But God's timetable is not ours. Earth doesn't work on the same timetable as heaven does. Flesh doesn't operate in the same timetable that the Spirit works. Uh, I think about a lady that used to live next door to us. Her name was Belle. Well, our kids called her Grandma Belle. That's what, well, we, we all called her that, Grandma Belle. Uh, the lady was 83 years old when we first moved here in 1995. And from the moment that we met her, she was wanting to go home. She was wanting to go to heaven. She talked about it all the time. Uh, her husband, she'd had two husbands that had died. Um, she, she just, she had a lot of things that happened during, in her life and she was tired and she, she would sit on that porch. We'd go over there and sit on that porch for 13 years with her and she would look out into the, just into the air and she'd say, I'm ready to go. I want the Lord just to take me. I'm just ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get out of here. For 13 years, we heard that. Finally, at 96 years old, back in 2003, she passed away. And she got what she'd hoped for, what she'd been longing for. I believe she was a saved woman. She, she said she loved the Lord, believed in the Lord, and was looking forward to going to heaven. But uh, for 13 years, she patiently waited for the Lord to take her home. I like what Paul said over in Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. He said, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I wot not. This is the part of the light, verse 23. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Paul understood this temporal earth and our clinging to it at times. And, and Paul had a lot of work he wanted to get done. He had a lot of places he wanted to visit. He had not gone everywhere he wanted to go. He says, I'm in a, I'm in a straight here between twixt. I, I, I want to stay here and keep working and doing things with the Lord. But you know what? I'd really love to go on and be in heaven. It'd be wonderful because it's far better than this place. And you know, we need to think like that. Instead of clinging to everything here, we need to cling to what's up there and long for that. Because listen, and you know, some people, these, these spiritual people say, no, Brother Byron, you should hope to live forever so that you could, you could help the most people and you could share the gospel forever. Well, yeah, okay. I'm going to let the Lord worry about that. But I want you to know that it'd be far better to leave this awful, rotten place and go to heaven and live, live with the Lord. It'd be far better for everybody. And so the Lord's going to do things on his own time, what the way he wants to do it. We, meanwhile, need to be patient. 
All right, let's finish up verses 26 and 27 together. Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, sometimes we'll get to where we wonder if God even cares. You know, God, do you, do you really even care? I mean, you know the problems I'm having, what I'm going through, the struggles I'm in, the thoughts going through my mind. Lord, and I just, it seems like sometimes we're out there all alone and wondering if God cares. Does he pay attention? Is he listening when I pray? Does it matter? Have you ever wondered and just didn't know what to pray? You ever been there? Going through something and finally you're just like, I, I just don't even know. That's it. I don't understand. I don't know what to do. Well, here in our Bible in Romans chapter 8, we're told why that happens. It's because of our infirmities. Now, what that word infirmity means is weakness due to our mortal flesh. An infirmity is a weakness. It is a, um, it's a weak spot in you. And because we, have, we live in our fleshly bodies, our mortal bodies, we've not been glorified, we don't have our, our glorified body, then we have these infirmities. And because of these infirmities, some of them are doubts, fear, rejection, sadness, depression. All these things are infirmities because of our sinful flesh. And so we don't know what to pray because we are not smart enough. Our brain, they say, is about the size of your fist. Well, sometimes I think it's about the size of a, of a grape or of a, of a grape or a raisin uh, because we just don't have much sense. And so what happens? I don't know what to pray. God, I give up. And so what does he do? The Holy Spirit steps in and says, wait a minute, I got this. And so the Holy Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So those times that you're there and you are confused and you don't know what to do and you're, you're thinking, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit says, I've got this. God, you, you see what he's going through, what she's going through, what's going through their heart, their mind, their spirit. Lord, I know your will for them and what, what you want. And so the Holy Spirit does this, makes intercession. That means somebody that steps in between you and takes care of business. You can't do it. Somebody else can. They step in. They intercede for you. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us in our weakness and in our infirmities. And so the Holy Spirit knows our minds and our hearts because He indwells inside of us. And remember, the Holy Spirit is God. And so uh, he, the Bible says there in verse 27, He searches the hearts and make us or makes intercession for us. And not only that, but it said there in, in the last part of verse 27, according to the will of God. So it's God's will that this happens. You know? Well, we're questioning God. Do you even care? Do you even listen? It's his will that we get in such a state that we must rely upon the Holy Spirit to intercede for us because we can't do it. We're not spiritual enough. I know some people think they are. They think they're, oh, we're, we're on a higher level than you. We had some people tell us that time, one time. We're on a higher walk than you. Really? How high are you going to go? Because one day God's going to bring you down. 
And that's just the truth. Listen, I'm not going to expound on verse 28 today because it's a full message all in itself. And we'll, we'll do that next Sunday, Lord willing, uh, or whenever we get back into the study. But just to finish off, I want us to read it, verse 28, Romans 8 and 28. After he said all this about our infirmities and our hope, looking for it and longing and groaning and the Holy Spirit stepping in, making intercession, and it being God's will, he says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now we're going to expound upon that in great detail next time. But just for now, just, just remember this. Don't take that verse right there and make it one of those little Christian cliche verses that becomes meaningless. All this is dependent upon God's will and God's purpose. Not your will and your purpose, but His. And when we rely upon the Holy Spirit to intercede for us and to do that work in us, that because it's God's will, then we're in the perfect will of God and those things will work together for the good. We love God and it's His purpose. We're the called. He called us. He saved us. And it's according to His purpose. And so just think about this this week and uh, about this, this hope that we have and this longing. And let's try to get our minds off of our flesh and, and the things of this this earth, which is going to be burned up one day, and the, where rust and, and the moths come and eat it and all that. And let's put our hope up in heaven and store our treasures there instead of down here on this earth and think about those things. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the, the message today. Lord, it's helped me tremendously. Lord, I didn't feel like preaching this morning. And God, you just you filled me with your spirit. And I was able to preach through you. God, nothing I've done at all. But Lord, thank you for revealing your word to us. Lord, thank you for our church. Thank you for those who are listening today. Lord, whether it be here in the church or whether it be online, Lord, I pray that you bless them. Lord, for that one that's never been saved, that don't even have any hope of heaven. But Lord, their hope now lies in hell if they're not saved. God, we know that's not your will. You say so in your word. And Lord, we know your will is that all will come to repentance. All will be saved. Lord, we're praying for them today. Lord, would you help them? Lord, through the Holy Spirit, would you convict their heart and show them the need for salvation? And Lord, they can, by faith, trust in you. And by your grace, Lord, you'll give them the free gift of, of salvation. Help us, Father. For these things we ask in the name of Jesus. And amen. All right. Well, it's been a good day in, in God's house, and I uh, pray the Lord's blessed you. And uh, I am looking forward to uh, my birthday meal coming up here. We're going to celebrate early today and have the kids in, and uh, just excited about that. So, are all hearts and minds clear this morning? All right. Well, in fear of the Lord, we're separated.